we'll put our scripture on the screens for this morning that comes from the Gospel of Luke chapter 4. I'll be reading the first 13 verses. So I invite you to follow along as I read it aloud. And then when I've finished reading it, I'd like to ask you to affirm it with me. That, that it's God's word for us. I'll say this is the word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks be to God. Would you hear now God's word? Jesus returned from the Jordan River full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. There he was tempted for 40 days by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and afterward Jesus was starving. The devil said to him, Since you are God's son, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. And Jesus replied, It is written, People won't live only by bread. Next, the devil led him to a high place and showed him in a single instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said, I will give you this whole domain and the glory of all these kingdoms. It's been entrusted to me and I can give it to anyone I want. Therefore, if you will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, It is written, you will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The devil brought him into Jerusalem and stood him at the highest point of the temple. And he said to him, Since you are God's son, throw yourself down from here, for it's written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. Jesus answered, It's been said, don't test the Lord your God. After finishing every temptation, the devil departed from him until the next opportunity. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, when you're young, time has no meaning. Or end or even rhythm. I mean, when you're two years old, what do you care if it's Wednesday? And then as you get older, you grow, you discover a sense of time. Maybe when you get into school, you realize the value of summer vacation. Or you get older still and you know what it means to be a freshman a sophomore, a junior, and a senior. And before long, you're making five-year plans and ten-year plans. And... and I think as you get older still, you begin to discover that life's not really as much linear as it is cyclical, seasonal. That there's seasons and a rhythm to the life that we live. And you realize there's seasons in everything. TV shows, sports, the weather. It's all seasons. Life is seasons. And we have begun just a few days ago this season of Lent. 
that we live in together as followers of Jesus. The word is taken from the Latin. It just means spring. This is the time of year of birth and rebirth and new life. And and this season of Lent that began on Ash Wednesday and will take us all the way to the day before Easter is an ancient practice of the church to observe this time in preparation for Easter, for the celebration of the resurrection. Now, historically, this was a time in the life of the church when new converts were taught the ways of the faith and prepared to be baptized on Easter Sunday. This was a season of preparation. It's 40 days Like I said, beginning on Ash Wednesday and ending on Holy Saturday, the day before Easter, not counting the Sundays. You can go look at a calendar and add it up. That's the 40 days. And the reason it's 40 days primarily is because of this passage of Scripture that we just read. The story here in Luke is also found in Matthew. It's in Mark 2, but he gives it two sentences. Mark was brief. He would have done well on Twitter, I think. But Luke and Matthew flesh it out a little bit more for us. And it's the story of these 40 days that Jesus spends in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. Please don't let it be lost on us that this season in Jesus' life happens Right after his baptism, Luke says it's as he's returning from the Jordan River. And what you read right before this is that Jesus had been led by the Spirit to the river to be baptized by John. This happens right after Jesus' baptism and then right before he embarks on his ministry to preach and teach and to heal. Right in between his baptism and the beginning of his ministry, Jesus spends 40 days in the wilderness being tempted. Being prepared for ministry. In a sense, this season of Jesus' life and this season of Lent that we observe is about temptation. Jesus coming face to face with the tempter. And in some sense, All of us as followers of Jesus who are going to go on this Jesus way, having this season in our lives where we acknowledge our temptations, where we face our demons. Along the way, this season has become about giving up chocolate or eating more fish. and I mean, those are fine, well and good, and I, I don't disparage that as an effort to sort of just make yourself aware of the sacrifice of Jesus or or to make space in your life for something holy. Please let's don't miss though that the season of Lent that these 40 days for Jesus was spent dealing with his temptations. And 
for us, there's a sense in which it is to be the same. Listen, Lent is not for the weak or the faint of heart. This is a time when we would be willing to bring our own temptations, our own demons into the light. And address them. If we're going to follow in the way of Jesus. This has to be a part of who we are. And how we live. Because we are called to be. Followers of him. We are called to be ministers of the gospel. And this is part of our calling. We're not called to be consumers of Christian content. We are called to be messengers of the Messiah. Servants of the Savior. Ambassadors of the Almighty. Which means that we are willing to bring our own temptations and demons into the light. And not only willing to, but we know that we need to. We have to. Because those little devils like to hide. And most of the time, we don't mind. And yet we know that we need to because left unchecked, left in the dark and in the corners to operate and influence us, we end up with war and hatred, anger and oppression and injustice. We need this season of Lent. Thank God for the example of Jesus living through this time in the wilderness, this time of temptation that we see in Him, in His humanity, a sense, a way in which we can do that. We can do that in a way that is redemptive and life-giving and healing. And all the ways that he was tempted. First in his hunger to take a stone and turn it into bread to eat. Or when shown all the kingdoms of the world to bow down to the devil in exchange for them. Or when taken to the top of the temple. Tempted to just toss himself off because he would be caught up in the hands of angels and not even strike his foot on a stone. The beginning and the end of Jesus' temptations involved the stones. And it's true, each of those temptations that Jesus faced mirrors the temptations that the people of Israel had faced 
when they'd been delivered out of captivity and were moving toward the promised land through the desert. And they mirror the temptations that you and I, that we all face. To see ourselves as the source, the provider of what we have. To rely on our own selves rather than God and God's word. To get caught up in the pursuit of power and possessions and pleasures rather than the worship and adoration of our creator, redeemer, and sustainer, God. To look first and foremost and almost exclusively for our own well-being and self-care. Even putting God to the test in the midst of it. Rather than being willing to give, to serve. To be last instead of first. And you can't help but see in that temptation of Jesus when he's taken up high and tempted to call on the angels the mirror of what would come for him in his last days on earth when he was lifted high on the cross and had the opportunity to call on the angels to save his own life but instead gave his life so that we could live. As we see the way that Jesus dealt with and faced his temptations, his demons, which, by the way, tempted him in the places and the ways where he surely had power and ability that had been given to him by God, is the way that we face temptation. How often is it that you get tempted to something that you don't care about (laughs) or doesn't apply to you? has no significance or meaning in your life. Isn't it rather the way, and I actually had this conversation with somebody this week on our staff, isn't it rather the way that the enemy comes to tempt us is right in the very place where we have some ability, where we have some skill, some gift, some knowledge, some confidence in ourselves, where we've got a choice what we would do with this gift that we have of who we are. A choice whether to use it in a way that would be honoring to God, that would be participating in the work of the kingdom of God, or to allow it to be twisted or perverted for our own ends or means or gain. And in the face of that temptation, thank God for the example of Jesus that we can look to as we go through this season of bringing our own temptations, our own demons into the light. Which is why I think Jeffrey Trimble calls the season of Lent a season of intentionality and receptivity to God's grace. That this would be a season, these 40 days, that we would opt to live in this season intentionally Laying open those places in us, those places in our lives, in our hearts, where we are in deepest, greatest need of the grace of God. And we see the way that Jesus dealt with it. Each time he faced that temptation, he responded with the word of God. 
the scriptures. Each time brings to mind for me the Psalm 119. I have hid thy word in my heart so that I might not sin against you, O Lord. Oh, that we would be people of the Jesus way to take the word of God, God's wisdom and gift for us and have it be so much a part of who we are, of our lives, of our coming and going, that it's like we've hidden it in our hearts. So that it would just be second nature to turn to it, to call upon it, to rely on God's word in those moments and seasons when we're tempted. And then we see Jesus over and over again turning his attention, his eyes, his heart to God as the one who would give life, as the one who would provide, as the one worthy of honor and praise. Such that in our seasons of bringing our temptations into the light, of being honest and open about those, that we would turn our eyes to God in that moment for deliverance, for wholeness and healing. And then let us not miss that he came into the wilderness led by the Holy Spirit. This was no accident. He didn't just stumble upon some temptation. This was a part of Jesus' preparation. He was brought by the Spirit into the wilderness, and then it tells us when he came out of the Spirit. He came out of the wilderness, he came with the Spirit. And we know surely that he was being ministered to all along the way by the Holy Spirit of God. Such that we can know in this season, in these times, the Holy Spirit of God with us. The gift of God to us. Through Jesus, Jesus, when he left the earth, said, I'll give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. We named this yesterday in Les's funeral, that God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit to be our comforter, our guide, our counselor, our advocate. And that is the Holy Spirit of God that is with us even in the moments and the seasons when we face temptation, when we face our sins, when our demons rear their ugly heads. And God bless us in the season of Lent when we name that and lay them bare in the light of the love of Christ. And when we come together and celebrate this meal of communion, the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, we're coming first and foremost to commune with him. In just a minute, when you're invited to come and you receive the elements, the bread and the juice, as you eat the bread and drink the juice, you are communing with Christ in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. We are participants in that life-giving work. And we need it. And we need it in the season of Lent. Now, as you come this morning, there's going to be another invitation that I'm putting right with the communion invitation. You'll see the stones that are on these tables. Tables here, here, here. As I said a minute ago, Jesus' season in the wilderness of coming face to face with his own demons, with his temptation bookended by the stones. Turn this stone to bread or call upon the angels so you don't strike your foot on this stone. Well, we've got stones. What I'm going to invite you to do when you come and receive communion, after you've eaten the bread and drank the juice, and if you want to kneel at the altar rail, you can. 
then I want to invite you to make your way to one of these tables and get a stone. But there's not just stones there, there's also pens, sharpies. Because the invitation is for you for this season of Lent to take one of these stones, let it be for you a visual representation, a tangible representation of what it would mean for you this Lent to bring your own temptations, your own demons into the light of the love of God in Jesus. And we know that that is not the end, the temptation, because we see the way that Jesus moves through that season and, and we have the opportunity, the ability, by the power of God's Holy Spirit to do the same. So there's Sharpies there so that you can write on that stone what it is that is God's gift to you to see you through the moment or the season or the times of temptation by the way, did you notice in that last verse when it said that the devil left Jesus, he left him until I see you again. The seasons of temptation come. Oh, that this rock could be for us all, each one of us, a representation, not just of what we're willing to bring into the light of Christ, but then what we write on it as God's gift to us to deal with that. Maybe you want to write the name of Jesus whose way we follow. Maybe you want to write the Bible or you want to write the Holy Spirit. Worship. Maybe there's somebody in your life that God uses to bless you and be a guide and a source of strength in those times and you want to write their name on it. Whatever God gives you, I just invite you when you come, receive communion and then make your way to one of the tables. Get a rock, get a sharpie, and then take that with you. Whatever you write on that rock, take that rock with you for this season of Lent. And let it be a representation for you of God's blessing as we deal with temptation. So I'm going to invite Pastor Stacy to join me at the communion table now. And I want to ask you to join us in the invitation. We'll put the words on the screen. The bold ones are for you. Would you hear now the invitation to Christ's table? Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. This proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory, Glory to God. God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing 
always and everywhere to give thanks to you, God Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. 